Thanks for downloading this episode of the Parent Stuff Podcast. My name is Evan Samanko, and I am the host. And every week I get to talk to a parent or expert about parenting and try to help you and your family win. We want to bring you these conversations to help you to grow and learn and get some recommendations. And this week's guest is Bill Allred, who is a teacher, an administrator, a principal for over 20 years, worked in the school system and invested in kids, as well as being married for almost 30 years and is somebody that has raised three kids of their own that are now adults. And this conversation today is great. Thank you for checking it out. And we hope that you enjoy this conversation with Bill Allred. Thanks for tuning in. I'm excited to have Bill Allred, first-time guest here on the Parent Stuff Podcast. Bill, thanks for being here. I'm glad to be here. So some people might not know you at Simple Church. You've been around Simple Church a very long time, but tell us about you, your family. Introduce Bill Allred. Well, um, even before my own family, I would say I'm the youngest of five children. The baby. I know that, yep. Have four older sisters. Parent of a single mom. Um... You know, pretty interesting uh, life growing up in, in that situation uh, kind of helped shape and form me. Uh, I'm currently now married to Anne, who absolutely my better half. We'll be married 37 years in April. Congratulations. Have three adult children, Katie, the oldest, who's 32, Mary, who's 31, and Will, who's 27. So, Bill, you've been mentioned on this podcast a couple times. You've been referenced back to by the McConathys, their close friends of y'all's. You've made us in Bill. You're also part of the directional leadership team at Simple Church. You help to launch the church and keep it going and run kind of all the behind-the-scenes things that people may not see. Right. Um, so what's the question? <laughs> <laughs> we haven't got to the question yet. I'm glad you're excited. So you and Ann, your kids grew up with us. We've known y'all a long time, and we are excited because— Talking about this, and Jessica Basso was just on, who was McConaughey. Bill McConaughey has been on. We want to get Ann on eventually. Y'all were all very close. You guys were leaders in student ministry when we were growing up. Y'all have meant a lot to our lives. And you're also the mentor leaders for me and Mallory's married life group. Right. You were there and trying to be there and speaking to younger couples and help. And we are just big fans of the Allreds all around. Well, thanks. Um, I would say, I'll just take a minute because I know Bill's been on, but um, his family was pretty instrumental in my life. That time when, um, as I said, my mom was was doing the best she could, and um, you know it was a difficult time. I I had the benefit of knowing people like him. He became a great friend. His parents um, basically, I won't say took me in, but they they gave me a lot of opportunity to spend time with them. Solid, intact family, modeled great Christian values. Got invited to church. We we'd been to church. Um, earlier in our lives, you know, off and on, but it was more consistency and just um, the beginning of seeing friendships, uh, knowing how to become a good friend, um, made all the difference in the world and in my life at that time. So fast forward, we we do that, we play ball, we uh, do lots and lots of things together, kind of this core group of uh, friends, high school, get to go off to college, you know, and not everybody does that. They don't go off to college, come back, and, and kind of keep that friend group intact. It's very so, rare, yeah. So we realized that, very grateful to do that, and, um, you know, you start doing life together. we all lucky enough to get married. Um, great spouses, you know, just couldn't couldn't have uh, done better, you know. Those, those terms of 
marrying above your head or out punting your comfort <laughs> or all of that that holds true for us for sure but um you know and then the natural progression of we had babies went to work had careers uh, did those things together and um wasn't perfect you know there, no one would ever say at any point it was perfect but what a great life it's been to to have done that with them and one of the benefits was it really not only were we we were modeling friendship to uh, our kids uh, how to be a friend how to have friends um, be trustworthy be loyal um, and they ended up with kind of some built-in friends that to this day I think they would would call their you know among their best friends. Absolutely. So when y'all were graduating college, getting ready to go into careers, was that a conversation? Did y'all say, "Hey, this would be cool," or we're planning on it? How did that kind of happen? No, we, man, we're not that smart. <laughs> <laughs> no way. Um, you know, again, getting married, we did that all in little different times. Uh, Ann and I were nineteen eighty four, twenty six years old, a little bit older than. Uh, others at that time uh, and so again just figuring that out we we weren't so uh, clever to figure out that hey we're going to do this whole life together we probably could have hoped for that but we were in the moment you know you're in the weeds and and especially as you get small children and raising them you you're um, living the day out their long day some days and and doing the best you can to keep all of those those balls in the air, kids, marriage, um, work, you know, careers, all those sorts of things. So, Yeah, I just think it's so fascinating. And, again, as somebody now that you've raised a generation, your kids that have now influenced my life, you and Ann influenced Mallory, especially in high school. We're small group leaders, and we're seeing the ripple effect of y'all choosing to be those friends, to do those things, and now it expands past even what y'all ever planned or thought. It wasn't intentional. Right. You know, we, some of them were educators. Ann and I obviously were educators. We spent our careers doing that, um, you know, 30-plus years, both of us. And so we picked a life of service um, to the educational world, and it really poured into every part of our lives because you have this professional responsibility, this professional conduct. There's, there's no, like, you don't get to switch that off. You're who you are all the time. And, um, you know, we took that responsibility very, uh, it was very important to us. And influencing the next generation we were doing that in our work we were doing that at our church we were doing that among our friends um you do it enough it really is part of who you are i mean and so <coughs> we've been we've enjoyed the um, ability to influence others we hope in in the best possible ways and representing christ um in that process Absolutely. I will just say that I know for a fact you've influenced lots of us. We are very thankful, and I'm so glad you're here to speak to these other parents that maybe didn't have that or maybe you're looking for those friendships of why that's such a big deal. We want to encourage them with that and talk about it a little bit more with life groups and being a part of something else. But first, you talked about being an educator. You were an educator. You were a teacher. You were a coach. Yep. You were assistant principal and then a principal. Is that right? Yep. So that's a lot of different hats. <laughs> it is. And so that's, um, again, shaped me and in, in I would just refer back to my um, childhood and coming up that I, I did live in a world of, um, you know, a single-parent household. Uh, again, older siblings, they've 
began to eventually, you know, leave the house and um, and and again there were tough times and and good times as well, but it did always stick with me um, as I dealt with students in my classroom and kind of an interesting factor where this happened. So I coached and taught for um, about nine years. Um, had my first child about that time that I was leaving the classroom in 1988. I got to spend, one, one of my favorite stories is I got to spend a year off on sabbatical. In 1989, Mary was uh, three months old. Katie was 17 months old. I was two. Spent a year <laughs> taking care of them and went back to work that, that year after having Mary. And I got to spend this time with him. I always kind of joke about, hey, changed two sets of diapers that whole time. You know, <laughs> it's just not insignificant. So. No. <laughs> but um, got to spend really some uh, precious time with the girls at that time. I got to go back and be an administrator. And so kind of a regret. I taught and I wasn't a parent, uh, I probably would have been a better teacher as a parent because I think I was always a better administrator than mm -hmm. I was a teacher. Um, some of it has to do with how I'm wired. We spent a lot, a lot of time as administrators res resolving conflict. Um, got really um, pretty good at that. Because, you you know, school is a pretty amazing thing compared to other workplaces. We throw hundreds of people in there, children and adults. <laughs> uh, we lay a structure of rules and expectations and things over them and, you know, wish them good luck every day. And it, it works out pretty, pretty remarkably well, but it's not without conflict. So the goal was to try to um, give them, uh, help people be heard when there was conflict, to make sure that they were heard, that they were understood that they had a chance to tell their story so that we could get to the truth. You know, the truth was always the important part so that we could resolve it. Sometimes there, there was a consequence, sometimes not. But we uh, all to make that work, work environment, that place where kids could learn and they know they were cared for and loved. Um, it, was, it was an environment we spent a lot of time trying to create. So really proud of that time that I spent, which was 11 years doing um, middle school. So that's joke I spent 20 years in the middle school as an adult <laughs> some uh, people that's torture <laughs> uh but I, I was wired for it in the same way that Ann was was wired for high school and it didn't suit me as well but she um as you well know is quite the magnet for students even to this day uh, that they relate to her very well and we really are proud of the fact that we can still uh, be relevant and have influence on young adults and even even students and kids. Uh, for her, I don't know any any people group that that don't like her. <laughs> you know, she's pretty amazing. Uh, I tend to be quieter, uh, which sometimes is not. Um, I guess it's more intimidating, a little more. Uh, you know, help me out here. You know what, what I'm talking oh, about. Oh, absolutely. I may not seem as approachable as her. We're and I would vouch for that. You were my middle school principal. <laughs> I got in trouble one time when I was in middle school at Cope <laughs> Middle School and was very nervous going into your office. <laughs> and I remember when we were in high school and would have events and do stuff with the student ministry. Y'all would have people over there. And it did seem like you were kind of always more to the back and not as approachable. Right. But as I got to know you better and as we got older, I'm just 
I am so thankful personally for you and your investment in me and the church and seeing what you've done for students over the years and for now are these young families. I think that once you get over that maybe more quiet presence, there's a lot of bill already there that people would appreciate. I think it's my, uh, I wouldn't call myself an introvert, but it is this kind of um, in reserved and outgoing personality. I really do warm up and get to know people and people get to know me. Hopefully it's a, a better experience than than initial and um, right now I would probably getting ahead a little bit but talking about who you do influence and mm. what that looks like uh, as I said as an administrator in middle school and then as you know moved on to IT and had some different influence but uh, being able to influence in a positive way meant meant the world to me and I did a better job of that because I had my past um, that I grew up I had the benefit of raising children at the same time and it really did shape how I treated others and I saw that really the best examples of parenting and family units and and often tragic and um, really difficult situations in in school but it did help me uh, again seek to understand and be empathetic for them uh, that when I said I had the regret as a teacher I, I you know, I didn't gain that wisdom until a little later in life, and I really could have, Ann and I have had conversations about it, especially now, even this farther down the road, how much better teachers we, we could have been if we had that life experience. It just doesn't work out that way, but sure. it, it is something to, you know, that we've reflected on. Oh, absolutely, and I think it's very relatable for me, to being a youth pastor, that when you're a youth pastor and you're young and don't have kids versus then you're a parent, you can have a level of empathy that you can't really ever understand. Right. So it's changed for you too. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and I hope I'm better. Keep getting better and working with people doing that. But again, it just, everything changes once you are a parent that you go and it's not just theory. It's not just philosophy. It's not just right. saying it one time in a sermon and then good luck and figure it out. It's day in, day out in the trenches. And I hope this podcast is something that encourages parents, that it's something that you can hear that and know you're not alone. And then on a practical level, maybe Bill just a story or two or something that stands out from your time as a middle school teacher, administrator, as a teacher in different areas, maybe something that you saw and learned from parents that could help a parent today of this is something that maybe other people wouldn't know or wouldn't see, but you saw it. Like conflict is a great example of maybe how to resolve conflict better or help parents right now to deal maybe with the middle school age and specifically. You know, um, I would tell parents often they maybe end up in my office and they were they were there sometimes for difficult behaviors and and really um, I would tell them that we usually saw kids on their best behavior that they didn't have to worry so much they sent them sent them to school with training or lack of training or whatever but that we typically got the best versions of them at school because they did have that structure and they're often looking for it, and so sometimes I would see a lack of structure, and uh, even in their interactions sitting in my office, child with adult, that there was um, maybe a lack of patience, and and so that was you know there in front of me. So then you could only imagine what it was when I wasn't there. So um, you know that asking me for advice or info, what kind of influence that that had over me uh, or over them what's the advice um I don't know I'm a little stuck there uh, that's all right uh, 
because like conflict resolution is great. So how did you learn to help to talk about that or do conflict? Was it training? Were you reading books? What helped you to learn to be able to do that? Well, that's funny you would ask, was I reading something? Because uh, you know me well. I do, I do now and have uh, always really uh, been insatiably curious. So it's, it's uh, I was, and there was, I did learn early on to, um, give people opportunity to be heard, to not disrespect them in front of other people. So I, t I tended to get them alone where they could, or in small group, where they could be lis listened to, to be heard out. Um, even sometimes parents, when they were at their angriest, they, they had something to say and they wanted to, to say it. So uh, people tend to want to tell their stories or uh, get their version out. And so... I would try to lay the groundwork for them that I'm seeking to understand because it really was um, always out for the truth. You know, the truth sometimes was going to be difficult, and the, the response to that truth was um, a form of discipline or um, something that, you know, a grade still stuck or whatever that, that they wouldn't necessarily like. But I found almost always it, it was a little like letting the air out of a balloon. If you gave mm -hmm. them a chance to completely say everything they had to say without being defensive without interrupting that they could be heard and state their case um, understand or seek to understand that um, always seemed to go better so we really did practice not being defensive mm. uh, sometimes it's you have to defend yeah. your position because it, based on the facts that was that was the position but being defensive is a very different thing. It's not helpful almost ever. <laughs> yeah. Would you find that most teachers or other people, not name any names, people you worked with that wasn't the natural inclination? Do you feel like you were naturally good at that, or do you feel like you hired people and looked for that to where you attracted other people that made that culture? Does that make sense? Oh, uh, We definitely, in, I mean, we intentionally created the, the culture, uh, but we did have to be reminded sometimes because, you know, teachers would spend a lot of time with, uh, kids they're not adults so they aren't always um, the best at adults and, and a lot of times when they're in that adult situation it can seem adversarial and so um, I wouldn't say their training is directed to that so yes we would train on it we would talk about it we would um, you know create an environment where we made sure that we we didn't come across as defensive or you know that was a place where we were on the same side we were on the same side of teachers we were on the same side of kids same side as parents to um you know all was for the win which was you know helping their children be successful so that just made me think of this question maybe this is something that could help parents what is something that they could do or say as a parent to advocate for their kid to a teacher or to a school if they're having a problem? Can you think of something that it would be helpful or that if you heard this or if they approached it this way, it made it easier to influence you or to get what they were trying to figure out? Um, a lot of times those were um, very emotionally charged uh, situations. And even when you uh, get to a point where you, you don't understand, you know, parents have a window in, it's, it's sometimes their kid, the messenger, and they don't have a complete picture. So it's a lot of information gathering, seeking to understand. If you can 
reduce or keep the emotions out of out of that fact finding or seeking, which is really hard because again, fact it's your child and you do get emotional about it, especially when some wrong seems to have, have occurred. But um, checking emotions at the door really is is one of those ways where and being open to what the answer is. You know, the answer may not be what you want to hear. Uh, you may not get the result you desire at the, the conclusion, but you're still in this thing together that you have to, you know, go forward and, and keep working out for the best of, you know, for your children. So, yeah, uh, it, yeah that's a lot to That's a big ask, you know, to check emotions when it has to do with your children because, you know, you really do care and love love them. And um, and so that's probably the biggest one I would say is that emotions can get in the way of really getting to a conclusion. Sure, I'm gonna tell you a story. I don't know if I've ever told you this story, but that made me think of I was in sixth grade. Middle school is a big adjustment. I'll tell you the teacher's name later. I won't say it here, okay. but you would know it because it was when you were principal. And I got a report card and I had a C. I had been an AB student all through elementary school. It was a big deal to my parents, but we kept up with our own grades. We had a grade sheet, and I had it down as a B. And so I went and my mom talked to her, but then she made me show my work and go through it and walk through it all and did it. And I was actually right. <laughs> it was wow. a B. I was like an 87, I think back then was the B scale. And she had me off by a point and missed an assignment. And I just remember my mom handling that well and thinking she yeah. wasn't mad at the teacher. She wasn't screaming at her. She wasn't going and doing that. And it turns out we were right that time. And I don't remember the teacher liking me after that. <laughs> she was wrong. But I do remember the way my parents handled it of just trying to be calm and rational and then put it on me of yeah. you need to be responsible and take some ownership of that. And that's something that, honestly, I hadn't thought about in 20 years <laughs> almost. Yeah, but. and that's, that's a big challenge, especially for sixth grade boy. He's, sure. He really is trying to figure it out moving from one school to middle school a different set of responsibilities so your parents were wise to uh, give you that you know that responsibility to a degree and you know emotions go both ways so a teacher you know hopefully would be professional and and understand own a mistake when they have one worked out for you hopefully that you know, didn't tarnish the relationship for too long. <laughs> I don't remember her liking me, but then again, I was biased as a middle school boy. Maybe she didn't like you for some other reason. Pro- not that great thing. <laughs> I don't think most middle school boys are likable, so that's fair. Uh, they're they're interesting for sure. They are, um, you know, boys tend to, in social development, lag a little behind girls. Um, my kids, sometimes they do their whole lives, you know, not sure. just. Sure. <laughs> there's school. a lot of truth in that. And there's probably a lot of people who would, would agree with that statement. But, um no, they, they really do. It's a difficult, it can be a difficult transition. We would spend a lot of time orienting them and parents kind of what to expect because it does change adolescence. And, and um, you, you know, that that is a unsettling time for parents sometimes when they, they get to that point. Understand that they're going through this with everyone else and what seems a little odd, they can't get organized they can't keep up with things those sorts of things there really are things in place the best best practices that that schools do I thought ours did a pretty good job of that I think that they still do a fantastic job at the school I was at and uh, 
and I'm sure many of them do. I remember getting a planer. I'd never kept a planer in my life, and I had yep. to write in that planer and keep up with stuff. And it's a skill I'm thankful for. I yep. really look back on it, and that was way more helpful than cursive. <laughs> but <laughs> Bill, awesome. yeah, right? I'm not a big fan of cursive. We're, we don't have to get down that road. But you talked at the beginning, you have three adult kids, and you had this revelation we had talked about a couple years ago. We were doing a phase series, and this idea that parenting your adult kids is actually the longest phase you'll have as a parent. Yep. And in the trenches right now with a five and two year old, it seems like this is the longest phase. <laughs> it's going on forever and changing diapers and those different things. But really, that is so, I think, just counterintuitive because we think about, OK, now we're done. Kids yeah. are grown. They're out of the house. They're on their own. But that's really a chance for you to parent in a different way. So I just want to give you a little bit to talk about that and your adult kid phase that you're in right now. Yeah. So, you know, whether you choose 18 is the number or t- 22 after college or whatever year that is when they finish college. My right? sister is 24 <laughs> and just got her degree and is off my parents' everything now officially. Right. So, so you do. And then, again, depending on your lifespan, you, you could spend two or three decades or more um, and your kids be adults. And you do change roles because you, you set rules and guidelines as when they're kids, they change as middle schoolers, as high schoolers, et cetera. But by the time you get to adults, you really now are more uh, in an advisory mode. You you give them advice when they want it. You give them advice sometimes when they don't want it. <laughs> uh, you coach a little bit. Uh, you wait and hope that they ask. Um, sometimes you wait and hope for that light bulb to come on about things that you attempted to teach them that they got quickly or maybe they haven't quite gotten yet. And then you do hope that they navigate this uh life and relationships and finances and the things that we're all figuring out we call adulting now that's that becomes the challenge and you want to help because you you have the advanced knowledge of the wisdom of the mistakes you've made the regrets you have but also the wins that you have too and so you you want to see that for them you want to help them avoid those mistakes of regrets regrets and um and see more wins so Trying to stay involved, um, having influence, coaching them through without uh, that being meddling and too invasive is is the tension, is the place you try to find uh, the sweet spot for that. Sure. And I think about my own life now with my parents. There are things that I've talked to them and said and appreciated that I didn't before I had kids. And I think you're not in that phase yet quite of being a grandparent, right. but maybe there's a parent listening that you need to go back and either say thank you to your parents, <laughs> that it's maybe a little easier to understand. And I think sometimes we take it for granted of the stuff that they did. And maybe that's just me. I'm the only one. But I think a lot of times that I'm going through now, I'm thinking about like, man, my mom was a stay-at-home mom and worked really hard to make sure that we were taken care of. We did homework. We did all that stuff and was able to do that because my dad sacrificed and worked hard that she could stay home. They didn't get the things they necessarily would have wanted. And I just have a new appreciation as we keep entering these different phases of like sitting there doing homework. I remember my mom sitting and doing homework with me, and I'm very thankful because I know that's the good thing. (laughs) The result was good. I didn't always like it at the time. But now I'm sitting there thinking, man, I'm so thankful that that was modeled well for me. And now I get the chance to do that for my kids that we did homework last night. It's fresh on my mind and yeah. or cried and it was frustrating. and <laughs> It wasn't fun. It's not what I would choose to do with my time. But I know that that will pay off and that we're helping her to be the person she wants to be. Yeah, it absolutely will. And you say be the person he wants to be. One of, one of the um, biggest ones, I think, 
and it's not my phrase, it was coined by somebody else, Clay Scroggins, I believe, who talked about, you know, the faith of your youth, your children, and as, as you know, adolescents and students, is largely the faith of their parents. Uh, and you begin to own it as adults, and you hope that they make that transition from the faith of your parents to a faith of your own that you call your own as an adult. And that seemed, that's proved to be a little tricky. And you watch people, especially now where it's trending that, um, uh, what we call the nuns, people that are, are turning away from church. N-O-N-E. N-O-N-E. Not N-U-N-S. Exactly <laughs> right. Thanks for clarifying. But um, that you want to see them make that, that change, that transition to their own faith and, and own it as an adult because it perpetuates they're going to as you have had children and and just again create that that foundation for something that is absolutely worth um, we're, we're not saving it God God doesn't need us to do it but we want to and should be all about getting getting involved in the church and and through this it's timely because through this disruption now here we are pandemic wise you know going on a year that we we haven't been able to meet in church. Uh, I personally am optimistic that we want to and will return because we need community, but we absolutely need to create that structure for our kids and our kids' kids to uh, know the Christ that we know. Uh, And they'll do that from the training that we got and we will give and the influence that we'll have. And the church was so beautifully and you know created to do that is it perfect absolutely not that's because we show up you know (laughs) (laughs) and can make a mess of it but uh, but if we have the opportunity in that structure to do that just I think that's that's just a huge deal that we look forward to the time that we can return and we and as young parents like yourself and those who figured out like you know what am I going to do now that eventually we'll be able to restart and and do church again together uh it's worth doing christ's creation and we we absolutely want want to support that so i'm looking forward to it uh what did that have to do with adult children is is perpetuating hopefully that you uh, have laid a foundation of for their faith that they'll want to repeat with their children and again, God's got this. It's you know He's going to use us, and we just have to decide we want we're going to be used. And I think again to give you credit, and I'll brag on you because you wouldn't do this of yourself. I know you, but you and Ann put your money where your mouth is. You don't just talk about it. You don't just say it. But you're there showing up for our life group. You're doing things for our kids, inviting us over to swim. Y'all have a pool and have families. All of our friends and young families get to come and use that pool, and you're asking them to be there even though it's more of a hassle and you got to clean it and we mess stuff up and maybe even break stuff every now and then. But you guys have opened your home for as long as I've known you. Your kids have been there. Anne has been there. You guys both have chosen the a harder path honestly I mean it's but an easier to button up you guys are with kids all day your teachers your educators you don't have to do these other things you might even give yourself a pass because you've already done it in your professional environment a lot of times teachers don't want to be kids volunteers or student volunteers because that's what they do for a job and I'm just so thankful of it and I really do appreciate and glad you came on to talk about that because I think you guys are such great examples of that and being Christ love to me as a middle schooler <laughs> us as high school 
coolers having us in your house, you guys being examples there, and we are just we are so thankful and appreciate that. And I hope that somebody listening to this, maybe as a grandparent, is thinking about getting involved with their kids' lives, or maybe it's a younger family that's listening to this, and you have an older couple or somebody that has adult kids that you know that maybe you could ask, hey, can we go eat? Can we talk about this and ask yeah. you this? And I think. Not everybody, but a lot of older parents would be able to share and talk and speak into some folks' lives if you asked them. Sure. And, I, you know, just to your point about uh, things like opening our home and spending time, uh, we get just as much as we give. Don't, don't misunderstand that. It is, it is uh, so much fun. And we're grateful for y'all's presence and that you're willing to come around, not just because we have a pool, but because you really – you are willing to spend time with us um there's there's we add something add value to a relationship um but we we're blessed it's kind of like going on a mission trip you know we talk about we're going to go bless people and we end up getting blessed well it's y'all are on a mission it's i mean i feel like sometimes <laughs> we probably are <laughs> that group shows up at your house <laughs> no really i mean it's it, it's we get to experience the joy of you spending time with your kids and and some of their best memories you know by just being around the pool or this thing or that but then also helping you navigate um when you do have questions that you have influence and um and i both try to seek to understand like okay present day what does 2021 look like not how did we do it 30 years ago because many many of those things you know changed in a million ways um we could go on about social media and a whole other podcast. Oh, no, man. We'll have to have you back the, on the that. The challenge <laughs> of, you know, curating your life on social media while you're parenting. If I'd added that layer on to, you know, paint this beautiful picture of, of us all the time, that that's a challenge I'm, I'm glad we missed. So <laughs> And see other people's beautiful picture and Yeah, compare. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, I mean, because you feel like that's – I've joked it's a little like a hamster wheel. It's hard to get off of, you know, that you – once you start, it's like I've got to keep that going, and and uh, I I feel for young parents when they've jumped on and don't see a way to get off. You know, they really be fine if they did, they got off. And I'm not saying off of social media, but the, the need to paint this this picture all the time. Anyway, back to the the influence and and spending time together. I couldn't recommend, and probably because it's parent podcast, the, the audience that I'm about to speak to which are people like myself that it is fantastic to spend that time I spend time with young men like yourself breakfast weekly um, or one-on-one or whatever times that I think I need to pour whatever I have good or bad into others to help uh, help them along and um, I benefit from it greatly by getting to do it I'm privileged to do it and and glad they'll still have me you know in those those situations and then like you said couples or or whenever life group's a great opportunity to do that we may be a little better suited for it just because we spend our lives around younger people and kids and stuff like that as a profession but it's still um it's it's been an unexpected blessing in the last probably 10 years or so to get to do that absolutely y'all are our kids honorary grandparents we're thankful for you guys and we wrap up the podcast every week asking your best piece of parenting advice and you being an avid reader you might even have a book or something that you've read recently that comes to mind or something to recommend but what is the best parenting advice that you have ever received or been given 
Uh, great question, and I, you gave it to me in advance. I gave it a lot of thought because um, that, you know, that was important to me to finish up well here. So, uh, honestly, uh, it was to prioritize my marriage relationship, hmm. to love Anne well, to cherish her, to demonstrate that to my kids. We made time for our, our marriage relationship. Um, we let our kids stay with, you know, other people. So we have a date night or, or get away or do those things and prioritize that so they'd see what it meant to love one another well. Um, and so, you know, ideally they, they do that someday themselves. But it, you know, it just creates a better environment when you're happy and content and you've nurtured that relationship and you've cherished that other person. Um, your kids see it, you know, they, they don't want to just hear you talk about it. They want to see you really do it. And so we feel like we have in, in the bonus end result of that is now as, as empty nesters is you have this great relationship that, um, that you still cherish and that person that you cherish. And that's, that's where we are right now. So, um, really probably the best, it, May not have been exactly what you were expecting. It was going to be something about kids, but that one really um, pays all the dividends. Well, it's funny because you don't know this, but last week's episode with Perry, she gave the exact same advice, <laughs> that really? you model it, that it is something that is so important. So reinforcing that works out really well. I know I didn't ask you this one ahead of time, but do you have a parenting book that stands out or something you've read either all time or recently that you would recommend? Well, <laughs> as, as much as you know, I, I read and ingest. I, I don't necessarily have anything. If, if I do, we can... Drop it in the show there we notes. go. I'll put it in the show notes. That's yeah. right. And we could talk about a parenting series we just listened to because yep. you and me talked about that from Andy Stanley. We're big fans of Andy Stanley. Yep. That was a good one we could recommend for sure. And I know a lot of young people that I talk to, um, well, you'd be an exception, but some like I don't have time to read a book or do that. And, and uh, I just recommend to them it's maybe that drive time or mowing you know things they have to do they multitask they can listen to a podcast listen to a book there's it really is worth the effort there is really at your disposal the best communicators and and content in the world right now and um and i think you fill yourself with with that uh and you use that time wisely is is good time spent for sure. We have a friend who will not be named that listens to a lot of country music. Can replace that time <laughs> with some books Absolutely. or a podcast, and I think he definitely would benefit. Yeah, instead of that on Rewind, there could be some fresh new knowledge, right? Absolutely. So. <laughs> well, Bill, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thank you for downloading and listening to this episode. We appreciate Bill coming on, and that conversation was great. Learning from him and this is something that I appreciate in my own life and I hope it encourages you as well. We would love for you to make sure to subscribe, to make sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss a single episode of the Parent Stuff Podcast. And give us a five-star review wherever you listen to the podcast. That makes it easier for people to find it, to search, and to help to get them the Parent Stuff Podcast like you were able to find today. Thank you again for listening and have a great day.